Hello, Radioland. It's a cool autumn night. Heading into the best weekend October has to offer, Thanksgiving weekend. Maybe where you are, it's a crisp and sunny fall afternoon. Or a soggy west coast morning. Perhaps some fog. Maybe a fire in the fireplace. Or maybe where you are, Thanksgiving doesn't come for another month and a half. Silly Americans. Well, no worries. Whenever it is where you are, you are listening to Soul Food. The ghost light season. Our all-you-can-eat-and-then-some-nothing-exceeds-like-excess-heapin'-helpin' of Thanksgiving edition. Get real heavy And when old trouble Trouble get in your way When you have failed And been so disappointed And when cares Have made your hair turn Jesus knows what we can bear And I'm so glad I know I know the worth of prayer Thank you for one more day Dixie Hummingbirds, thankful for just one more day, as am I. We're going to get right into it here on Ghost Light Radio, go straight to a story. Usually we kind of warm up the studio with a bunch of music before we drift into narrative nirvana, stroll down storytelling side roads, 
But sometimes you just can't wait. You've got to tear that wrapping paper off of at least one present, even though it's not quite Christmas yet, to mix our festive metaphors. Tony and Rosa arrive tomorrow from Tofino. There'll be an early double birthday party for those two little girls on Saturday. Five candles and two candles, respectively. Then on Monday, mashed potatoes and buns and the obligatory vegetable and turkey and cranberry sauce and pumpkin pie, and I just can't wait. So let's not wait. Here's a true story from Washington State writer David James Duncan. An Elevator in Utah I'm driving the interstate into Ogden, April 2003. Forty years ago, my grandpa Duncan, an itinerant cowboy, died alone in this town. What would he think of the sci-fi convention it's become today? American flags fly from every car antenna, and four flags, two front, two back, fly from most of the pickups. A Dodge Ram tailgates me a while, then blasts by to a 90. It's quadruple old glories raggling so fiercely they'll be shreds in a week. More than one way to desecrate a flag, I can't help but mutter. When I reach my hotel, I head straight for the bar to find it's alcohol-free. Joseph Smith, you dog. Three wall-mounted televisions blare Fox News portrayals of us mowing down them while the coke-sipping patrons cheer as if it's football. The word Iraqi, I notice, is now invariably pronounced the way my cracker forebears pronounced Italian. My wife is Italian. My father is dying in a distant city, the same way his father died here. I want to hold her. I want to see him. But I've come here to earn a living. For the next two days, my job is to represent contemporary Western American literature to the children of all the flag wragglers, kids the same age as those working the joysticks and screens that spray the blood in this war. I can think of some contemporary lit I wouldn't mind sharing. Jim Harrison. Late in life, I've lost my country. Everywhere, the malice of unearned power. I trudge back to the lobby and check in. My room's on the seventh floor. The elevator's doors are triumphant Mormon gold. A sad-looking contemporary Western American stands reflected in them. When I press the call button, I recall a dry but inarguable little prayer. God and karma have placed me in this situation. I then wait so long for the elevator that I give up, embrace my karma, and lug my suitcase and heavy book bag up the seven flights of stairs. The room is generic, but for an indigenous Book of Mormon. I cover the TV with the extra blanket from the closet. I try the indigenous book. More sci-fi. I shut off the light and try to aim comfort at Iraqi children, my dying dad, my lonesome grandpa. 
I would pray for our troops too, but Ogden seems to have that covered. I sleep poorly when I sleep at all. The one dream I remember is of boys with sticks killing banty chickens as they cower in the corner of a pen. I awake to news of our Iraq victory blasting through the walls from TVs on two sides. For the thousandth time I hear the president's gloating drawl. For the thousandth time I feel sick. I brew the dismal little pot of prepackaged coffee and look out the window. Flags again raggle from every truck and car. I shower, then dress, then gather my teaching paraphernalia and set out for a long day, feeling exhausted before I've begun. Because I'm toting a stack of books and a briefcase, I pass up the stairs and attempt the elevator. The call button again reminds me. God and karma have placed me in this situation. The wait, once more, is interminable. The contemporary Western American in the reflection again looks sad. At last the dinger dings, the downlight ignites, the golden doors sigh, and some kind of cosmic field opens. Ten radiant-faced eight-year-old girls stand before me in matching but multicolored dance costumes. The costumes featured leotards, polyester satin vests, a lot of pastel chiffon, and scuffed-up little athletic shoes to save the pristine ballet slippers they each hold in their hands. Their gaze is a twenty-fold beam of light. My astonishment apparently shows. All ten take one look at me and burst into laughter. All aboard, a robin egg blue one calls. I want to, but the elevator looks full. Seeing me hesitate, the girls squeeze so eagerly together they create room for six or seven of me. Feeling honored, I step aboard. But as soon as I'm on board, four girls turn away from me and face the back wall of the elevator. Noticing my confusion, a spring-green-costumed girl smiles and says, We're Amish. To which a pale orange girl with missing teeth adds, Here for the dance convention. Don't worry, Spring Green continues as the doors slowly close. They aren't facing away from you. That'd be mean. They're facing away from the door. That's how we show the elevator we shun it. The shunners glance back over their shoulders to see how I take this. I nod curtly, adopt a grave expression, and turn away from the golden doors myself. They again explode into laughter, except for one straight-faced girl in purple who's tapping on my sleeve. I look down at her. Yes? We shun purple, too, says purple, inspiring another burst of laughter, including mine. The elevator starts down. I'm so grateful for its slowness. We got to get up at 4.30 this morning, an apricot-colored girl enthuses. Because Jedediah had to milk the cows at five, adds Purple. Because we're Amish, repeats Spring Green. And Amish girls cook for Amish boys, explains Robin Egg Blue. 
If I became Amish, would you cook a little something for me, I ask? Ten girls roll their eyes and titter at the very idea of me becoming Amish. Come on, I protest. I love those broad-brim hats. Those horse-drawn buggies. Ich spreche Deutsch, too, a little. I bet you girls can really cook. More rolled eyes and wild titters. I'll bet you can really dance, too. This, at least, gets a few eager nods. Ding, says the elevator, and stops. One, says the light on the panel. The shunners and I turn now, facing forward. In golden reflection, all eleven of us smile at each other as we await the glacially slow doors, the long hall and lobby beyond them, and the flags, malice, unearned power, dance convention, and students of contemporary Western American literature beyond that. I draw the deepest possible breath of what lives and thrives in this elevator. The doors then open, and pent delight pours out in a wave that, regardless of how our world may receive it, strikes me as reason enough for this or any world to exist. I duck out and step aside so the girls can chase the delight on down the hall. No such chase occurs. Instead, Spring Green stops squarely in front of me, peers up into my eyes, and with simple sincerity says, Thank you for riding the elevator with us. Stunned by this graciousness, I bow. Next, Purple stops before me. Thanks a lot, she says emphatically. When I turn my back to shun her purpleness, the girls burst into laughter. When I turn back and bow, she grins and bows in return. Next, a pale pink one, too shy to speak, curtsies. I bow. A pale red one extends a tiny hand to shake my huge one. I bow. Then pale orange pipes, thanks. And Robin Egg says, We'll cook if you milk. And Apricot does a 360-degree twirl, arching so far back she's able to beam at me all the way around. And I bow and bow, and they thank and they thank, until each in her way has rewarded the stranger for sharing a 20-second ride in an elevator they shun. Only then do they flush like a covey of Kleenex-colored quail and fly down the hall. Because gratitude's tears look little different than sorrows, it's a while before I follow. When I reach the lobby, they're gone. But every face in their wake remains lit by their passing. And my own happiness has dug in so deep I feel it aching in my chest. I step out into sunlight and soon-to-be-tattered flags. Clouds and birds are also flying. In an elevator in Utah, I rediscovered my lost country.
Thank heaven for little girls. That was Eric Whitaker's setting of a poem by E. E. Cummings. I thank you, God, for most this amazing day, sung by Polyphony, under the direction of Stephen Layton. It wasn't easy to fit all 23 of them into our cozy ghost light studio here in beautiful downtown Richmond, but we managed it somehow. Wish you could have been here. Glad you got to listen in. And speaking of the Ghost Light Studios, you can drop us a line anytime. The Ghost Light mailbag is always open. Soulfood at ronreed.org. Or if you'd like a cassette of any of our shows, just send a stamped self-addressed envelope and $10 to Soul Food Ghost Light. 1440 West 12th Avenue, Vancouver, British Columbia. Velcro 6 Hawaiian Shirt 1 Mendacity 8. And hey, here's a new thing. We're asking you to send us your own personal top 10 tunes of the last 10 years for a chance to win a free Ghostlight tote bag. A very small chance. Because we don't have any Ghostlight tote bags. Yet. Does anybody really need another tote bag? The only reason I'd want another tote bag would be to carry my tote bags. To tote my tote bags. Here's the George Baker selection. Looking back on a track, gonna do it my 
And here we are at Soul Food with answers to your musical questions. What the heck is a little green bag? Well, in British parlance, a green bag is a bag or briefcase made of green cloth, formerly used by lawyers for carrying documents. And so green bag, hyphenated, became slang for a lawyer or the legal profession. So basically, George Baker is looking back on the track, presumably a railway line, for his lawyer. Glad to have cleared that up for you. You know, uh, Carolyn Aaron's cleared something up for me this summer. She was on the show reading one of her stories back in the summer. And she described Soul Food Ghost Light as a mashup of storytelling and DJing. In the old school sense of DJing, spinning records more than scratching them. And I think she nailed it, though I hadn't really figured that out yet. Music and storytelling, that's kind of our thing. And so I really dig songs that are themselves stories especially if they have a good beat and you can dance to them Okay, here's a story song to beat all story songs. My friend celebrated his 50th birthday. 50th! 50! Man, that is old. I didn't know people could be that old. It's kind of creepy, actually, when you think about it. His 50th birthday, about a month ago, and everybody was invited to bring a karaoke number for the enjoyment of all. <laughs> if you want to know one thing I could never imagine myself doing, it's karaoke. I'm too shy. But I did come up with the one song I would have karaoke'd at Nelson's party. I actually checked to see if there might be a karaoke version available. Nada. Nothing doing. No surprise. But if there had been, I would have been proud to take the stage, pick up that karaoke mic, and belt out this one. Sing along if you know the words. Frank settled down out in the valley, and he hung his wild ears on a nail that he drove through his wife's forehead. He sold used office furniture out there on San Fernando Road and assumed a $30,000 loan at 15 and a quarter percent, put a down payment on a little two-bedroom place. 
His wife was a spent piece of used jet trash, made good Bloody Marys, kept her mouth shut most of the time, had a little chihuahua named Carlos that had some kind of skin disease and was totally blind. <clears throat> they had a thoroughly modern kitchen, self-cleaning oven the whole bit. Frank drove a little sedan. They were so happy. One night, Frank was on his way home from work. He stopped at the liquor store, picked up a couple of Mickey's Big Mouths, drank them in the car on way to the Shell station, got a gallon of gas and a can, drove home, doused everything in the house, torched it, <clears throat> parked across the street laughing, watching it burn, all Halloween orange and chimney red. And Frank put on a top 40 station, got on the Hollywood freeway and headed north. Never could stand that dog. Okay, that would have been a showstopper. And a happy belated birthday to you, Mr. B, from Mr. Tom Waits. That's Frank's Wild Years. That's three Tom Waits tunes in two weeks. Better not let the programming manager know about that. Small worry. He never listens to the show anyhow. He's never up this late. He's past his bedtime. Yeah, it occurs to me that the average age of our music so far tonight is 41.25 years. Time to bring that number down just a bit. Okay, how about this one? Yeah, okay, except some of you don't speak French. Probably Americans. So, uh, okay, I'm going to provide real-time translation of the lyrics on this next chanson song. Sort of um, subtitles for radio. Here's Pomplamoose, grapefruit, with their recording of Acidique, recorded March 4th, 2021. Mars 4, cette année. I was sick of working and wasting my time doing underpaid jobs with very annoying people. I was looking for a scheme and it's not an easy thing to get away from the factory and head for the islands. I was wrecking my brain. I was like everyone, allergic to work, but not allergic to money. There's only one way I know of escaping to the tropics, when one is small, ugly, and has no cash. Ascetic. I will write to you from time to time. 
you will wire to me my cash on time way out there on my island with your friend RMI you would be my two best friends it's going to be insane The National Employment Agency writes to me from France. It has been only one month and already they are messing around with my lovely holiday. They want to send me to Pre-Sonic or someplace to unload their trucks. My girl, Asedi, and I obviously had to decline. Something in French I didn't catch that I want this to last forever for every day to be a holiday someday I'll get a benefit termination in the mail but they will have to pay me a fortune to get me back into that circus of the RER and Leclerc the Bougival I will write to you from time to time. You will wire my cash. On time, please. Way out there, on my island. At last, my place in the sun. All mine, these vermilion skies and the lovely trips doing without would be a shame ascetic you'll be my little mama the mother of all those little people who don't have the money. Well, not enough anyway. Mm -mm. There. That brings our average down to exactly 33 years. I feel young again. By the way, ASEDIC is an acronym for the French Association pour l'emploi dans l'industrie et le commerce in France, which being interpreted is the Association for Employment in Industry and Trade in France. Check out Pomplamousse on the YouTubes, P-O-M-P-L-A-M-O-O-S-E, which is a peculiar spelling for a peculiar band. You might remember that I played you uh, a funk band, Scary Pockets. Uh, last week they covered a Fleetwood Mac song called Dreams. That band, Scary Pockets, is uh, the keyboard player Jack Conte's side hustle. His main gig is Pomplamoose, a cover band that he started years ago with his wife Natalie Dawn. 
Okay, he also has another side hustle. Jack is the CEO of Patreon. In early days of grinding out YouTube music videos, Jack figured that there had to be some way to make at least a little money for the gazillion hours he spent creating those things. So he came up with the idea of Patreon. And it worked. He started getting money for his art. Then he started getting money for the day job, and now I think he's doing just fine, him and Natalie. And judging from the videos, they are both still having a blast making music. Hardcore Beatles fan, you will know that the Fabs recorded that tune in 1963 and released it on their second UK album with the Beatles. But if you're a hardcore Barrett Strong fan, you'll know that what we just listened to wasn't John Lennon and the Liverpudlians. It was the first hit for Barry Gordy's Motown Records, recorded four years before the Beatles at the Hitsville Studios in Detroit. The Motor City. The Motown. Money don't get everything, it's true, but what it don't get, I can't use. I need money, child. I want some money. Preach it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Brother Barrett. As a matter of fact, singer and co-writer of that song, Barrett Strong, never received royalties for his contribution to the record that bears his name. Strong's name was removed from the song credits three years after its release. He didn't know about his disclusion until as late as 2010. His struggle to recoup what he was owed was blocked by a copyright provision stating that he relinquished his rights to the song by failing to act in a timely fashion. Ah, money. Gotta get me some of that. Sounds like it makes you happy. You know, I spent a good chunk of August and September deciding whether to keep the light on here at Ghost Light Studios. It was a fun summer project, but as fall was about to fall, I realized that a one-man podcast takes up a lot of a person's time. I was wondering if I should shift to another project, make room for some other creative endeavor. It wasn't just about time, though. It was also about money and how I would go about living this new life of mine as a freelance artist now that I quit my day job and ran away to join the circus. Should I look for a circus that pays better? Should I start charging admission to this particular circus, this radio circus? Maybe set up a Patreon account. Ask listeners to defray the costs of the Podbean subscription where the podcast is hosted and the sound equipment, microphone, mixer, all that stuff. Time to get professional. Stop thinking like some amateur. Decide that art making is a worthy occupation. The worker is worthy of his hire. And if I want to justify all the hours I spend on this crazy radio station... I ought to get serious about it. I ought to attract more listeners, extract a few dollars, make this thing make some money. At least earn a few bucks so I can call it self-employment and get a tax write-off for the gear. Know what I'm saying? Tough decision. It was another Barry who made up my mind. Not Barry Gordy, but Wendell Barry. In the Battle of the Berries the poet emerged victorious over the record producer. Here's Wendell Berry's manifesto, The Mad Farmer Liberation Front. Manifesto, the Mad Farmer Liberation Front. Love the quick profit, the annual raise, vacation with pay. Want more of everything ready-made. Be afraid to know your neighbors and to die. And you will have a window in your head. Not even your future will be a mystery anymore. Your mind will be punched in a card and shut away in a little drawer. 
When they want you to buy something, they will call you. When they want you to die for profit, they will let you know. So, friends, every day, do something that won't compute. Love the Lord. Love the world. Work for nothing. Take all that you have and be poor. Love someone who does not deserve it. Denounce the government and embrace the flag. Hope to live in that free republic for which it stands. Give your approval to all you cannot understand. Praise ignorance, for what man has not encountered, he is not destroyed. Ask the questions that have no answers. Invest in the millennium. Plant sequoias. Say that your main crop is the forest that you did not plant, that you will not live to harvest. Say that the leaves are harvested when they have rotted into the mold. Call that profit. Prophesy such returns. Put your faith in the two inches of humus that will build under the trees every thousand years. Listen to carrion. Put your ear close and hear the faint chattering of the songs that are to come. Expect the end of the world. Laugh. Laughter is immeasurable. Be joyful though you have considered all the facts. So long as women do not go cheap for power, please women more than men. Ask yourself, will this satisfy a woman satisfied to bear a child? Will this disturb the sleep of a woman near to giving birth? Go with your love to the fields. Lie easy in the shade. Rest your head in her lap. Swear allegiance to what is nighest your thoughts. As soon as the generals and the politicians can predict the motions of your mind, lose it. Leave it as a sign to mark the false trail, the way you didn't go. Be like the fox, who makes more tracks than necessary, some in the wrong direction. Practice resurrection. So, friends, every day do something that won't compute. Love the Lord. Love the world. Work for nothing. You know, I spent 37 years as a professional fundraiser. Enough of that. I also spent 37 years thinking of the art part of what I did as somehow separate from the day job. Administering a theater company paid the bills and was in its own way a calling from God, but I always made the art itself for the love of it, not for the money. Never make a decision about what art you're going to make on the basis of what money you're going to make. So strangely enough, I was just deciding to keep on doing what I've always done. Be an amateur, an amateur, someone who does a thing for the love of it. That's amore.
That's love. And that's always enough. Some Thanksgiving with Mr. William D. Vaughn. That's D-E-V-A-U-G-H-A-N, Devon. Credit where credit is due. He sounds a lot like Curtis Mayfield, doesn't he? So much so that the Internet, in its wisdom, has credited that glorious piece of Thanksgiving to Mr. Mayfield. Retitling the track Diamond in the Back, 
probably because of a number of rap musicians who've sampled it. The YouTube video that perpetuates that myth, Curtis inscribed prominently on a snazzy photo of Mr. Mayfield, the video titled Curtis Mayfield-Diamond in the back, has 54.3 million views, going back to April 2011. The comments are turned off, so I guess that Scarface 115 doesn't have to listen to people telling him he's got the credits wrong. But in 2016, DJ Disco Cat put up the properly accredited song in an extended version, and he's got 1,249,516 views at the time of our broadcast. That's about 53 million less than the bogus version, but still, that's a lot. And I don't think Mr. Devon minds a bit. He's thankful for what he's got. William Devon had a day job with the government. He was a drafting technician and an amateur musician, made music for the love of it. He scraped together 900 bucks to pay for a studio session with Omega Sound in Philadelphia, enough to pay for a few hours with some of the players from the famed MFSB group of studio musicians, mother, father, sister, brother. The record sold two million copies in 1974. Devon quit his day job, went full-time in the music biz for a while, but. Before long, he just lost interest in what he found there. He went back to the drafting table with a side job in a record store. As Hunter S. Thompson once remarked, the music business is a cruel and shallow money trench, a long plastic hallway where thieves and pimps run free and good men die like dogs. There is also a negative side. Well, that's it for tonight's edition of the Soul Food Ghost Light Radio Hour. Commercial-free programming for the modern listener. The last word tonight to a man who never sold out, not even for a minute, who does everything for love. British Columbia's own Rafi, backed on this track by soul food regular Mr. Bruce Coburn. Good night, everybody, and happy Thanksgiving. Thanks a lot. Thanks for the sun in the sky Thanks a lot Thanks for the clouds so high Thanks a lot Thanks for the whispering wind Thanks a lot
songs for the birds in the spring. Thanks a lot. Thanks for the moonlit night. Thanks a lot. Thanks for the stars so bright. Thanks a lot. Thanks for the wonder in me. Thanks a lot. Thanks for the way I feel. Thanks for the animals. Thanks for the land. Thanks for the people everywhere. Thanks a lot. Thanks for all I've got. Thanks for all.